All right, this is the notes from an aspiring humanitarian podcast. This is actually the first podcast um, in what I hope will be a a uh, a long a long run. Uh, it's been something that's been coming on for at least at least four years. It's going to be my fifth year of um, writing at NAH, um, and so this is a really big step in a process that I hope will continue. So. I'm not quite sure of uh, what this will turn into, but I'm hoping that it will be um, something beneficial um, for you to listen to. So some sometimes I'm going to be, um, you know, just 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 saying, you know, what's what's on my mind or maybe talking about different uh, topics that are related to social issues, social justice issues. Um, But I also have um, special guests as well. So to kick off my very first, uh, the very first podcast, I invited a really good friend of mine, uh, Lottie Walker, friend who has, uh, in, in a lot of ways, uh, feels like family. Um, I invited uh, Lottie with me. Um, we're going to talk about some things um, related to social work, related to social justice, uh, and we'll, we'll kind of see where this goes. So I don't quite have a title yet for the segment, but I, the thing that's been kind of resonating in my, in my head at this point is uh, just this, the word voices. Um, so I, there's, a, there's a real strong interest in um, uh, highlighting stories and, and having folks tell their stories. Um, so in this segment, I'm going to be highlighting people from a variety of backgrounds who are seeking to impact the lives of others in a positive way. Uh, through through truth telling, truth telling. That's the honest sharing of their own experiences. They're going to teach us a little bit about themselves, and hopefully, it will enable us to be able to learn a little bit about ourselves through their stories. So, um, all right. So I welcome Lottie Walker, a social worker, uh, social justice advocate. Welcome, Lottie. So I, right now, after hearing that introduction, I'm beaming that I could be a part of it. Okay. All right. I'm also beaming that uh, I'm, I'm your first guest. I'm honored. Um, and you made that statement about you don't know what it's going to turn into. I, I, I know that it's going to turn into greatness. Um, I don't think that there are very many resources like this out there. So I think it's awesome. And thank you. You're very welcome. You're very welcome. So if you're you're out there, you've uh, you've been with me from the beginning. I appreciate it. If uh, this is your first time coming uh, to to NAH, uh, welcome. And so now we're going to get a little bit into uh, the the interview with Miss uh, Lottie Walker. All right. Okay. So our first question, our first question to my uh, my my friend, uh, my my fellow social worker is just to ask you what what brought you to the field of social work Um, well before we got started you had we had a little pre-discussion about just catching up and connecting about social work and what that work has looked like and what it has been for people in the community I think for me I feel like I was always that person that had done social work without the degree without the formal education but um, always playing a role in uh, the communities that I serve. I primarily work with young people and their families. And so always being there 
um, in some way or another, either through art education um, or providing resources or um, a listening ear or something to that degree. And I think for me, uh, what brought me to social work was wanting to be a player at the table. Because I think in the society, when it comes to doing uh, community-level work, often when you're in a position, at, at the time I was a program director for a nonprofit, but I didn't have a, um, a degree. And I was often going to meetings with people, and I was often doing things, and people were always challenging that. Um, and that the fact that I didn't have a formal education always came up for me. And so I made the decision to go get that, to be a player at the table. In a, in a different kind of way. I've been always wanting to support and serve their people. All right. That's kind of how, how I got started. Okay, so just uh, you wanted to be wanted to be a player at the table. Wanted to have a voice at, at the table okay. without being challenged uh, in certain way because I didn't have a formal education um, while still doing the things that I had always done which was, um, yeah, provide support and kind of push back up against the system in a lot of ways. So, so there, are some, there are some other areas out there. There's, um, there's psychology, there's counseling, there are other helping professions um, that you possibly could have chose. What is it about social work, you think, that led you to continue to um, pursue that for education as well as a career? that social work is a combination of all of those things, to be truthfully honest. I feel social work employs psychology. I do social work. Uh, actually, I don't think. I believe that it employs sociology, um, uh, amongst a lot of other things. I think it is definitely a combination of those, those things. Um, and what's interesting about that, I don't know. Based on my experience, you know, I, we, we were in school together. I... We graduated just a year shy of, of, of one another. Um, and so I've been, you know, doing social work professionally for um, quite some time. I sometimes come home from my job and I ask myself the same question, like, what? <laughs> <laughs> what, what is it that keeps me doing what I do and the environments that I do it in, um, what keeps me going, coming back because for me, where I am right now, and I think maybe for a lot of social workers, when we're making a connection with human beings and attempting to um, support individuals who have challenges on their plate, circumstances may not, may not be ideal, at the same time, supporting those individuals within, within a system that is often broken by being resources and funding and, um, you know, you, you may work on a team and that team may approach this work very differently than you do. Like, that's hard. It, it's it's a challenge. So sometimes I come home from my job and I ask myself the same question. <laughs> what, what keeps me doing this? Number one, to be truthfully honest, I'm outside of... Um, I love for art and photography and those types of things. Social work is kind of all I know. It's what I know. I think that it's uh, what my passion is. I think the individuals that I connect with, the young people that I serve, um, being a part of those communities and watching them um, 
grow. I, 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 it's like this phenomenal thing. I described it recently to um, someone that I, I, I work with. Like Working with young people amazes me because they go through so much. And when they think that they have nothing else to give or that they're not going to make it, they run straight through the fire and come out on the other side. And so to be a part of that, I, that's what kind of keeps me coming back. Okay. That's kind of what I have to focus on and remember and um, embrace. I don't, I don't know what else I would do or would like to do. I think social work is definitely... Social work on some level or another is, is without a doubt my calling. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. A calling. <laughs> a calling. I think I can. I think I can admit that. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. All right. Well, I um. I, I hear I hear you when you say um you know you just you, you don't know what else what else to do don't know what else you would do and say uh it's it's like a way of life it's like a way of thinking and and and, and acting and um it's 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 just it's just so much it's just so much so you also you also mentioned art and and photography uh right uh so so if if you're if you're out there and you're listening um. If you check out uh, RolandoTompkinsJones.com and hit my mission and focus uh, page and my vision and values page, um, Lottie actually took the uh, the headshots uh, for for a couple of those uh, of the photos that are there. Um, she's an excellent photographer. Um, and a great artist. So, so we're going to get back to social work, but could you just tell me a little bit, because I know you really, you really love that work too. So could you just tell me a little bit about um, how you got involved with that and what, you know, what it means to you? Mm-hmm. With photography, with yeah. art? Yeah. So um, I was a photographer for a while. I went to art school, so that's actually my background. I freelanced for a while, um, and I've mentored individuals, and we've grown together creatively. Um, and it was when I had the opportunity to work with young people through the power of art, um, which, which led me to, to also believe that photography is also a part of my calling, like using that. Um, but I do, I do want to say this. Art right now, Rolando, um, for me is a saving grace because I think when you are in a field where you may um, kind of witness and go on this journey with someone through a lot of hardship, self-care is extremely important. And so photography and art for me is a part of self-care. I don't care if I have a camera in my hand and I'm um, playing the role of the photographer or if I'm going to an exhibit or um, supporting someone else through their creative process. Like, that's a part of self-care for me. So, yeah, and I, I still, yeah, I still embrace it, definitely. Yeah, I can, I can still, I can still remember. That was cute. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's real, it's real. I can still, I can still, I can still remember when, um... I, I, I can still remember when we were out there uh, yes. uh, in Ypsilanti, uh taking yes. taking those on photos. Yep, on the corner out there taking those photos, and um, you had the camera. You had the uh, see. I'm 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 starting tripod. to I'm starting to get into into it now a little bit. I had the tripod. Oh, no. You even had the lighting yes. kit. The lighting kit, right? Yes. 
You are making it work. You are you are making it work. So I'm I'm trying to tell you all, folks. Uh, Lottie is a professional, a professional. I do what I can. At this. I don't know. I do what I can. Uh huh. Um. So so I, I I'm 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 glad. Um. I just really wanted to. Um. I know when you mentioned, that, I just really wanted to talk about that just a little bit more because I know how, um, how important it it is to you. And, um. So. So that's good. Okay. All right. All right. That was a good time. That was a really good time. Yeah. Yeah, that was a really good time. All right. So, so let's see. Um so now we're we're transitioning a little bit back into uh into into social work here. Um what do you what do you see uh or what do you think are some of the top issues that uh that social workers face today in relation to social justice? Like what are some of the top um the big things that we need to be talking about or that we're challenged with uh for you? Um, for me, I think about becoming involved in, um, in electing who is making decisions, um, in a way that impacts social work, be it funding. I think for me, that's a big challenge right now, um, is working with that agency we're funding. And I, I think it's par for the course, right? Especially if we're doing social work that's connected to like the nonprofit, um, arena, like that's. Funding is always like on the wheel, um, but becoming more involved in knowing who city electives are and officials, and you know who, who's making those decisions, and becoming involved with having a say. Like that's that's real, and I think that I say that too because it's hit close to home for me um, because I've lost you know work because my program lost funding. I'm a part of an agency where they receive a lot of funding um, through the Big Brother, my, excuse me, my brother's keeper initiative. But the work I do is female-centered. And so there's no attention being placed on that. Mm. So, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, I think that funding that kind of trickles down uh, through that initiative, but not in a way that is sustainable. Um, and so I think for me, what the big, the big things are is kind of making room um, to address those things as a, so, as a social service provider. Know who's making those decisions, having a voice, voting when it's time to vote, um, protesting when it's time to protest, uprise when it's time to uprise, um, kind of being that squeaky, squeaky wheel and organizing and mobilizing and, um, yeah, connecting to different agencies, too, within the community that are also focusing on those things, too. Okay. So, so, so off air, off air, we were talking a little bit about, um, some of the work that you do. Could you just tell us a little bit about what you do, um, some of what you do and, um, sort of what a, well, it's, it's, you know, in social work, there's, there's not really a lot, there's such thing as a typical day, but, uh, a, a little bit of how, how a day, a day in the life could be. Um, yeah, they, they, they can be a doozy. 
So I work for a high school. I work specifically with girls. Um, it's helping them basically through their day, but also providing therapy uh, for social, emotional um, challenges. Um, and that's uh, during school and out of school, um, connecting with them and their families and kind of helping them to make some room to invest in their education, to be present. Um, helping them kind of like tap into a lot of those skills that they may not know that they even have. Um, so yeah, I do group counseling, individual counseling. Um, yeah, and I, I love it. I love it. But it can be um, a challenge. Challenge. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, you see... You said uh, you said um, helping them, you know, tap into some skills that they might not have even known that they had themselves. Wow, that's that's a really powerful, really powerful and statement. And one of those things, just the basics, like how to love yourself, how to see yourself, acknowledge your strength, how to be still, how to communicate, how to cry when you're upset. Like those those things. You know what I mean? Like it's. Even on, on that level as well as um, just how to make room for yourself as a young, and I primarily work with all um, girls who are all black. I work at an all-black school. Um, and so, you know, we tap into that black girl magic, right? Yeah. And, you know, they may not have resources at home. Once they leave that 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 campus, you know, I, I would like that we together um, kind of help them kind of pave the way to come back the next day, regardless of what their situation is, to come back stronger. It's well, I love it. Yeah, lo- loving, you know, loving yourself and uh, loving themselves is, is, is a really revolutionary um, act, particularly um, living in a in a society that you know so often is seemed bent on, um, you know, tearing them down, tearing down the confidence, tearing down the self esteem, the um, the feeling that you that you matter. Uh, that's that's very important, very important work. Yeah, speak on it. Speak on it. Yeah, yeah, very important work from uh, you know from the from the the the, the color of your the skin, you know. Um, to the to the uh, the the grade of your of your hair, how you wear it. Like I've I've just been like uh, this this week. I've seen um, at least three or four different stories in the news of kids being um, suspended or written up because they wanted to wear an afro or because they wanted to wear locks. There's just like this uh, th- there's this 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 this, 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 this assault. Yeah, and you you mentioned uh, you got to speak on it. You already know. Mm-hmm. This is um, um, the articles that are out there about young people uh, being suspended for those things. And what's particularly interesting for me, Rolando, doing uh, female-centered work, are those things that work against um, uh, young black girls and young girls of color in school, where there's these stereotypes about a young girl with the way she expresses herself. Um, that she can make the emotional or you know, she has an attitude or all of these things. That also plays into how they're um, treated in the school, often by administration, often by, you know, security at times, um, and deans and what have you. 
I think that's an interesting thing that's not being talked about enough is the difference um, between how young girls of color are dealt with when it comes to an infraction, um, be it be that difference be between their white counterparts or even boys in schools. Girls are much suspended at a much higher rate than boys. And certainly, girls of color are much are suspended much more um, at, a, at a higher rate than um, their counterparts, white counterparts. And I don't think that those things are being talked about. And so, you know, I think what's been really great about social work um, is that I've been able to partner it with focusing on still race, because, you know, that's always been an interest. Of course. <laughs> and and having, those, having those discussions, right, and narrowing that down into even how we deal with our own um, in the school system based on the stereotypes that we sometimes have about ourselves and what that does and what that, that tears down when someone is trying to learn, trying to be there and to be present and to invest in their education. Yeah. How how imp- oh go ahead go ahead go ahead no 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 you go ahead okay you go ahead. how go how ahead. important no, how, how important um how important would you say um cultural humility cultural responsiveness um some folks even say cultural competence um how important do you think that is to to your role in the work that you do I think it's real it, I mean. It's critical. On a scale of 1 to 10, I, it's off the charts. And I think what's... Um, even... Now, when I say that I, I work at a predominantly... Actually, pretty much an all-black high school in regards to the demographic of students. Um, there's some teachers. We don't have... We have teachers who are both white and teachers who are black. Um, but what's interesting is being really, really immersed in my own community um, and still having to talk about those things. And I think when you're in a school that is challenged, um, when you're in a school system that is challenged in in communities of color, sometimes we don't think about race because we're thinking about other things. We're thinking about, am I going to be able to to get to school because I have to take four and five, excuse me, three and four, I'll say three and four, need the transportation system get there, and I may, not be, I may not eat before I leave, right? When I get in the classroom, um, often sometimes my behavior is looked at and judged and criticized as opposed to who I am as a person. And so I think you know, what's really great about working um, where I'm at and doing this work is that I bring that conversation or I should say, I help bring that conversation back to the table. Um, and we talk about race and how that impacts you as a student, as a young person, as a teacher who works in this environment. Um, and even though it may seem obvious, I don't think that we, we talk about it enough. Because I think it's a given sometimes when we're in communities of color that oh we get race, well sometimes we don't because we have our own challenges in communicating our frustrations um, that we have our own notions about it. You know, we we you know we hear you, it's like you hear someone call another um, student ghetto or like those types of things because that's what ghetto people do. Well, what is that? 
what role does race play in that conversation? Yeah, helping helping folks I to unpack that. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. And you know, working with high schoolers again, I think you know they're teenagers. It's 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 refreshing and it's inspiring. Um, the the potential, the potential is just so. I'm in awe of them every single day. Absolutely in awe Have you, because they. Girls still show up and boys still show up and, you know, they're there despite what's going well and despite what's going not so well. Um, but I don't think we, I think when it's like commonplace, like when you don't have to think about race, you know what I'm saying? I don't, we don't have to think about it because we, we live with a lot of challenges as people of color, um, I think that, that's a really good question, Zalando, um, that you asked. How, what role does race and everything that goes with it play in, in, in the work that I do? Yeah, yeah. That, um, but being able to being able to understand and recognize um, some of the social challenges that come along with being impacted by uh, structural. Uh, systemic yeah. systemic racism, you know, is yeah. is 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 incredible, really really critical and important. Have you ever heard yeah. when you when you were talking just now about some of those challenges? Have you ever heard the um, I don't know if it's a poem. I, I'm guessing it's a poem or, or or by by a person called uh, Joshua T. Dickerson. Um, mm-hmm. It's it's called it's called uh, "Cause I Ain't Got a Pencil." Have you ever heard that? Know that poem, but I've heard the title of that. Okay, poem. so here I'm just going to read. I'm just going to read uh, a little bit of what I pulled up just while you were while you were sharing there. Um, so okay. it's called "Cause I Ain't Got a Pencil." It says oh, no. it says I woke myself up because we ain't got an alarm clock. Dug in the dirty clothes basket because ain't nobody washed my uniform. Brushed my hair and teeth in the dark because the lights ain't on. Even got my baby sister ready. Cause mom wasn't home. Got both of us to school on time to eat us a good breakfast. Then when I got to class, the teacher fussed because I ain't got a pencil. Hello, hello. So it it just when you when you were sharing when you were sharing it reminded me of this this particular uh, this particular poem, okay. but it also reminded me of how. Um, sometimes mm. educators, particularly if they don't have a certain level of awareness. Um, uh, about what it means to be, you know, impacted yeah. by, by, uh, you know, classism, structural racism and all that, um, can sometimes look at behaviors as they show up and not really pay attention to what might be going on in the background. Yeah. yeah. That's, that every, that, so, you know, I got, I'm going to share that with my students. Oh, absolutely. I'm actually, uh, while we're talking now, I'm going to, um, I'm going to email it to you. And then yeah. when I put this post up, I'm going to share a, uh, a link to it. Uh, yeah. For the for the for the listeners and the readers too. Yeah. and not just with my students. I really think that that's one of those things that uh, I mean that that really hits close to home. Not just with my share that with my students. I was going to say sorry, I got got distracted. No, that's okay. Um, but also share that with staff, and some staff may know that. But you know, I think something that you mentioned, like being working within a system, within a system, within a system that is dysfunctional. 
Uh, we talk about like how challenging it is for young people to show up. It's challenging for teachers to show up too. Mm-hmm. And to give steadily and to also, I mean, you know, we're talking about, Chicago's talking about going on strike. Yeah. You know, it my work as a social worker who works within that system. You know, they're doing a day of action. Like, how does that impact me as someone who wants to provide support around that? You know, the other thing that we talk about, too, is how to work with young people so that they, too, can speak out on these things and become proactive and active and activist. Despite their challenges, you know, Rolanda, that poem that you wrote, that you read is real. Um, at the end of the day, how do we, as service providers who also work in this field, partner with those that we serve, and in my case, partner with young people to where those things you're going to get through it and you still show up and you still show up the level of uh of, of resilience I, you even yeah. said you even said um you even said earlier you know you 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 approach things from a from a strange perspective that's an important part of the of the picture um you know there are a lot of challenges but sometimes uh you know folks don't always um look at what's going right yeah. or where can we build from you know Yes, we, we have to. We still have to work it out. So, how do we problem solve? Despite, um, re, I should say, resolve and problem solve. Because uh, those challenges that I think that we that we witness um, and sometimes also feel, um, we we have we have to work that out. You know, I call that. You know what I call that? I don't know if you know what I call that. I call that funky production. Funky production. All right. Say a little bit more about so, that. Funky Productions is, it may not be the best production company. It may not be, um, the, the production may not be beautiful, right? But we're going to put this thing together and we're going to make it work. I don't care if we have to duct tape it, staple it, paper clip it, you know, march in the street, what have you. We're going to get this done. If your goal is, as, and specifically in, in working in a school where there are challenges and being a social worker in, in that environment, Partnering with young people, helping them to identify their goal. And if your goal is to get from point A to point B, and that's graduation, and you have all these, you, you know Tony Alvarez, right? Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. I think that's my every, guy. And every time, and every time I, and every time I see, every time I see him, I always say, "Oh, you know, Lottie, Lottie loves you." I say, "I just say hello for you every time I see him," and he remembers too. Yes. Yes. Tony Alvarez, without a doubt, was one of my favorite professors um, in that program. I still utilize a lot of the things that um, I received from him. I still talk about squigglies when, when students and I are, are breaking down what's on their plate. You know, point A, you're right here. Point B, we're trying to get you there. And in between, you have all these squigglies that's throwing you off course. Mm-hmm. Right? If that's your goal, if point B is your goal, What's my role for you as a social worker? How can, as a social service provider, how do I support you in that process? Do I need to get my duct tape out, my stapler out, my... <laughs> what can we know, do? What, what, are, what do we need to... Yes. What do we need to do to make this work? What do we need to do? Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. I like that. So that was funky production. That's really- funky production. Funky production. <laughs> making, making ways out of no way. Funky production. Yeah. Yeah, and keeping you, helping you to uh, 
tap into your own empowerment. Yeah. Not empowering you, but have, helping you turn, find that life switch on, your own empowerment, um, and finding your way. Be it through therapy, be it through counseling, be it through group counseling, be it through giving you a dollar when you don't have a dollar to get on the bus or whatever. I think all of that is a part of social work. We can take that test that we talked about earlier, Rolando. Mm-hmm. We have to get that license. That's right. Um, we that document, and we, the state says that uh, we are capable. We have qualified. Um, we put in these hours. Uh, but I don't think that there's any certificate. There's no piece of paper. There's no dollar amount that can be placed on um, being in this field and connecting with individuals on a human level and wanting them to succeed and feeling passion and compassion and empathy and, like, all of those things that sometimes we don't need a book to tell us about. You know, we, 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 we know what it is because we feel it and we show up. Mm-hmm. Don't always need a book. And, you know, sometimes the uh, sometimes what you might have read in the book might be different from what's showing okay. up in, the, in real life and real time. You know, you know, so, uh, yeah, having a, you know, we got to stay, we got to remain open too. Absolutely. So, so with that, with that, have you, have you, um, had a, uh, a proud moment or, or is there a moment you can recall or, a, or a situation or, a, um, um, something that might've happened that, uh, that kind of was confirmation, like, you know what, I'm in the right place or I'm doing the right work or, um, you know, I'm 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 working in a way that's that's uh, that's fulfilling to me, but it's also helpful to other people. Uh, <laughs> um, gosh, I think it is um, just kind of acknowledging where uh, I am and the partnerships that I have with my with my students. You know, when you show up on the scene and they don't know you and they don't may not trust you based on, you know, past history or past trauma or like all of these things. And the work the school that I met right now, this is my second school year there. First year was okay. Um the the second year has been something special, I think, because our relationships are um they they've just been blossoming. You know what I mean? I think for me so to answer that question in a nutshell version, just seeing students come back, show show up, so students who and staff who come back to school the next day when they have had a challenging day, day the day before. Even if I played a role in that or not, it doesn't matter. I may not have even spoken to those students. Uh, the day before with about that challenge, right? But seeing students come back, uh, that that just That's everything. That's uh, everything. There, there, there are no words. But I, I I to that I would also add that um just really valuing the work that students have put in that we've put in together. You know, when a student says, you know what, I, I, I need I need to come in and talk to you. Whereas before they wouldn't have done that, and they come to you because they trust you, you know, they put it all down in your office because the students know that that is a um, safe space. Working in a in a school environment can be depending on the school, right? 
um, but speaking from my experience, can be a, it can be challenging, you know. And so those days where Sita just like shows up at your door, you know, mm-hmm. and you just saw them. say they they just treated somebody. They just went in. They just got upset. They just like lost it, and they show up at your door mm. because they know that this is a safe space. That's that's mm. Mm. that's good. Yeah, that that's you can't you can't you can't put a uh, you can't put a price on that. I'm I'm just I'm hearing it all right now, and I'm just getting chills as yeah. I, as I listen. And that raises a, yeah. that raises another important uh, question that I have. Um, so I'm hoping that uh, you know we're we're doing some we're doing some truth telling here, so you can you can set the record straight and to uh, share share from your own experiences. No, no. What, one of the questions that I have is that sometimes, um, particularly in, in social work education. Um, and in, in practice, too, uh, we can have or there is sometimes a tendency of folks to just automatically expect um, people to uh, trust them at times. Um, so I, I have all my good intentions and I'm going in, I'm going to be a school social worker and the, the, the people are just going to talk to me. The families are going to talk to me. They're all going to trust me. And then um, uh, and then when when you meet that reality that it's a little bit. Uh, that that it's not like that for everyone, and it's a little bit harder to build those relationships. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it can be it can be challenging. So, um, it's it's a really wonderful, truly a wonderful thing um, to be able to uh, be that uh, person for for students mm-hmm. where they feel that they can come and they can they can talk to you. They can just be. They can just breathe. Um, right. What what to you um, are some things that you feel are helpful towards um, building those trusting relationships? Because I'm, I'm telling you, um, you know, managing, uh, not managing, but but working through um, mistrust um, and some of those feelings. Sometimes, you know, folks can get really, uh, really twisted up about that. But it's like, you know, yeah, everybody's not going to automatically trust you. But then what do you do? What do you do? Or, or what's helpful to you? Right, like even for me, I don't walk into every situation trusting just any old body. Like right, you have to. It, it is a process, mm-hmm. and I think in the field of social work, um, regardless of, of um, who the individuals are that you are, um, I like to say partnering with, and maybe that speaks to to where I'm going with this. It is very important to make sure that the work that you're doing is client-centered. As a a person who is, um, you know, who has education and, you know, you have the textbooks and you take the tests and you write the essays and you read the articles and, like, all the reports and all of those things, that's great. Individuals who we work with, they don't, they haven't been, that's not their journey. But they know what their story is. They know what their experiences are. Um, and so I think what's really important is meeting individuals where they are, taking all of those things at the door, but, you know, maintaining your professionalism and your knowledge and all of those things that you bring to the table and have to honor. But I think that it's really important to make sure that the work that we do as service provider is client-centered. And by that, I mean, like, walking into a situation where because we have this experience of academia and because we have this experience of, of you know, going to this lecture or seeing this person talk and this piece of paper, that piece of paper that hangs on a wall in the frame, 
for that client that often means nothing. We need to speak to clients in a language that they understand, with compassion, openness, and not in a way where we are there to fix everything. And I think for me, uh, what really is important and what has worked is when someone is brought, is referred to me or someone walks in my door, the, the first thing, my question is, what can I do for you? What is it that you need? Mm-hmm. What's, what's wrong? We don't even have to talk today. We can sit and be still. You just need the place where you feel, you feel safe. But I, I, I pulled out another Tony Alvarez court. <laughs> <laughs> Always making sure that clients have a voice in the process. Mm. So working with because people, not working on people. That. Yeah. Always honoring that. Always honoring that. And no client, no two clients are the same. Their stories may be similar, but they are not the same. And so making sure that we not only see the behaviors and those things that we may read about in the DSM, making sure that we see beyond those, those, those labels and those things, but we see the person. Mm-hmm. And I think in, in building trust for, um, you know, working with young people as an adult, you know, young people, they have a lot of, a lot of ideas about adults. They're often not listened to. They're often feeling hurt. They often feel invisible and, and those types of things. So I guess I'm speaking to those, and I guess that's true for any client, right? Just making sure that you see the person and the need, not not just like these these terms and ah. So important. Yeah. That's so critical. That is just so so critical. So critical. Yeah. Um, regardless of the cultural background, right? I, I, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but I, I guess I want to reiterate this. Uh-huh. Um, is I think if social workers, regardless of race, um, step into a journey with a uh, treatment with the client, is that they not make assumptions or based on experiences and like all of those things that we we study about. They can't just I guess put the, be very very client centered. Client centered is it's about them. It's not about us. Yeah. It's not about yeah. us. We're in it. Yeah. We're in it. But it's you know it's it's ultimately it's yeah. about them. Yeah. yeah. So you so you mentioned Tony Alvarez. Do you have any other folks um, who well either well here here it is. So you want to elaborate a little bit more about um, you know how the impact that uh, that that Tony had on you and also and also do you, are there any other folks um, who um, who might have um, had a positive impact on your 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 experiences that kind of inspire you today? You know, yeah. Tony was my guy. I think because his approach to this work uh, was just that um, very client centered and partnering with the client and including them in that process. And I think what I really took away from um, my experiences and teaching teachings that, that he imparted was, you know, if you were an effective, and I think there are different approaches to social work and, and providing therapy and counseling and all of those things. Lots of approaches. But 
there's something to be said when you have a client who is sitting in a session and they're 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 hitting um, what's the word I'm looking for? They are hitting their goals, they're hitting those targets that each have worked on and, and hashing out together. And they don't feel like they're sitting in a session. They don't feel like they are in counseling, like therapy. They know that that's why they're there. But they don't, they walk away feeling a sense of empowerment and achievement. And even on those, 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 those hard days where they, the session has, was, was hard, and they come back and they're ready to like jump in there again. Right. Or they fall off track and they come back to a session and they're like, okay, well, we need to, to work, try something else. Or I did this based on what we did before, right? And they're happy to be a part of the pro- their own process. Like, that's dope. That's great. So dope. Wow. It's wow. so dope. I will, when I say Tony was my guy, Tony was that, that professor. He was that guy. He was that guy for me. As well as um, learning more about the opportunities to employ a venture-based um, therapy, like I, I utilize that all those things all the time, all the time. So dope! I can't even say enough. So dope! Wow! Wow! That's so great! I can't. I'm, I'm, I'm really, I'm yeah. really happy to hear that. I'm really happy to hear that. Those people, um, those people stay with us. They stay with us. There's yeah. something really special about uh, being able to spend some time and. Um, having some knowledge imparted uh, to you and that it, that it lasts, you know, and then you might find yourself doing some of the same things, you know, and seeing the impact on other people. And then you become that person yeah. for them, you know, yeah. uh, there's something really yeah. special about that. Positive experience. You know, there are a few other, I think, professors. Well, you talk about academia and, um, and I guess, you know, just speaking about the school of social work, um, yeah, it could be it could be it could be academia. It could be um, also you know just people along your journey. You know that have that have you know had an impact. Mm-hmm. I can't, so I feel really bad because I can't remember this uh, professor's name, but she was also amazing. And I think what I really appreciated about her is that she was so patient with me as a learner. Mm. So patient uh, because as we all know, when you are in the classroom in higher education. <laughs> I, have to, I, have to, I have a choice word for that process, but I know this is, this is a podcast, and, uh, so I'll be really careful about the language that I use. Well, one of the well, one of one of the things one of the things I talk about uh, on on that on that note, Lottie, and then you, then. One of the things I talk about with uh, with my students um, very early on, um, we talk about the cycle of socialization. Uh, and how in some ways, in some ways we all have, you know, we've gotten information that isn't necessarily accurate, but we're still acting on that inaccurate information. And so, you know, we're we're all kind of engaged in our, in our own process of, of unlearning some stuff. Um, and, and I think I, you know, I have a, I have a, 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 a note that I've written called degrees are not the final say. Um, so I think just because, you know, even after obtaining like education and degree, it does, it's not necessarily, and we've talked about this before, it's not necessarily the end all be all. So, so I just wanted to, you know, acknowledge and affirm what you're saying there. Cause it's, it's, it's true. Even in educational settings, um, um, as, as has been seen from, you know, activism, 
um, all across the country, you know, there's there's still a need for even the the ones who are doing the teaching, um, the ones who are in positions of influence to do their own personal work. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So mm-hmm. so I hear you. Yeah, so real. I I mean you you know talking to you is kind of taking me back to that place. Uh huh. Uh huh. <laughs> and you know and you know what else and you know what else there's there are a couple of examples that I that I sometimes share, um, even in my own teaching now just to. Uh, just to uh, really put it out there that you know sometimes things are things are going to happen, but it's about how how do we how do we move forward when those things happen? How can we support one another? Um, and then also even as a even as an educator, um, and, and you know being okay with uh, being wrong, being okay with um, recognizing the limitations that um, that my privilege. Uh, uh, places, you know, that my privilege uh, has on me, you know. Um, so being yeah. open to to getting that feedback, which is which isn't always isn't always the case. Um, mm-hmm. But but a part that goes into that's it is just reminding folks to be open to that. Yeah, that's nobody's exempt. I, oh no, go ahead. I'm sorry. I was just, I was just saying, no, no one's exempt from that. No one is, you know. So. Absolutely. I think, too, what's really um, helpful, so, you know, we've been uh, out of the classroom for a while and in, in, in the professional arena. I think what's really also really important is to um, kind of, like, stay on top of your game in the learning process. You know, once we get that degree and, you know, even with that license, like, think continuing to, like, participate in workshops or continuing ed programs, continuing ed classes, um, just to stay on top of what else is out there, that continuous, I think, growth, uh, as far as that is concerned, I think is also important, for sure. And in doing that, I think I've met, you know, quite a few uh, people through networking, uh, attending continuing ed classes be it connected to a university or be it connected to, you know, some other, some other entity. I find that that's also valuable. Extremely. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, (laughs) extremely, extremely. Um, So I have have a a couple of other questions here for you. So sometimes, have you ever done the, um, what's sometimes called like a cultural share activity um, it's sometimes used as a, as a lid opener. Some folks might say an icebreaker. Um, but basically mm-hmm. it's like, you know, describe um, an item that's either on your person or an item that's important to you, that's really significant to you. Um, could you... So, so would, you, would you mind just thinking about an item that either... Is, it, it could be something that you, um, that you carry with you often or that you um, just have around that, that is, is pretty significant to you for, for, for some reason? Okay. Got it. Well, you want to share it? <laughs> yeah, and share it. So, so, here's, so, here's, so, here's, so, here's, so here's, so here's mine. So here's, here's one that I, um, that I often share. So um, okay. I usually have a, 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 a bracelet that I wear on my right arm. And on on the bracelet, it's like a little plate on there that has the word Ubuntu um, yeah. in, inscribed in it. So I put that word in my my email signatures at the end of all of my posts on uh, on on NAH. It's it's at the end there. 
Um, and for me, it's, it's basically just this philosophy that talks a lot about um, how we're interconnected and we can't, you know, um, you know, our you know, destinies intertwined and, you know, we can't get to a particular place on our own. Um, and so I keep that I keep that with me for a couple of reasons. Um, before before Maya Angelou uh, died, I had a I had the honor of being able to see her uh, speak at Oakland University where I went to, to undergrad back when I was an undergrad, actually. Um, and she would talk about um, she would talk about this uh, this idea of rainbows in the clouds. And to her, you know, the rainbows in the clouds were the people who um, had like assisted her in some way along her her journey. So whenever she would feel nervous or, um, you know, would be scared or worried about how something would go, she would think of all those people and in a way kind of bring them all with her onto the stage and it would sort of give her the reassurance and the comfort that she could do it kind of thing. Um, and so, so yeah, when I, um, yeah, when I, when I, when I carry that, uh, that bracelet and I think of what that particular term, um, means to me, it also means something similar, just an acknowledgement that I didn't get to where I got or where I am on my own. And, uh, it's just, you know, respecting the folks who, one, who paved the way, um, and then also folks who, um, directly, you know, poured into my life as well. Um, so I, yeah, it gives me some kind of encouragement. So that's one reason. And then the other reason is to try to find, particularly when I couldn't feel further away from, uh, a person or a situation, if there's some conflict, or even if it's something related to social justice, trying to find a common, um, a common thread to, to try to build from. So, so yeah, that's, that's my thing. Um, that's, that's my thing, or that's one thing anyway, um, that I, I but everybody, you know, everybody's different. Everybody's different. Everybody has something for different reasons, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Everyone, yeah, everyone's journey is different. And hearing you share that, I, I, I think in being in this, and I think as social workers and regardless of you know what area of social work we find ourselves in I think in some way we are this collector of stories if you will mm-hmm. um, and I hearing you share that and just kind of reflecting on the fact that I think we are kind of and at a very personal um human level we're like the, we're like collectors of stories and, it, and and even goes beyond that because I, sometimes we are we are participants in those stories um but i was thinking of my own journey in this this process um and i think what's important is that we don't become complacent with our own journey and our own challenges and our own um self-care, I remember you posted that, that uh, you sent out this, give me a shout out to, you know, people and friends that, you know, who have gone, who are in this field um, and asked for resources and resources and what would be helpful for um, social workers. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right, that's right. Yep. And so one of the the things that I shared was Robert Tukaki's book, A Different Mirror. I love that book. It is um, priceless. And then after, like a couple of days later, I said, oh, I should have told, shared that book about self-care because I think that that's really important. 
and hearing you share that story, I, I had a moment where, like, yeah, I have some things in my life that are really important to me. Um, sometimes I carry them, sometimes I don't. One that actually was an, an item that I got when I was in grad school. I got it in Tony's class, and <laughs> um, <laughs> he was very intentional about. I know I keep going back there. I'm going to sound like a broken record. No, no, that, no. That 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 just speaks to the significance. That speaks to the significance. Yeah, yeah. Um, he, it was a couple of things in, in which he honored. Um, everyone's individual journey and that kind of kept us connected and in, in many ways grounded. And so I have both items. One is a, a necklace of, of shells. Um, another one is um, a nut that is from uh, Hawaii. And everyone got that. And he, he had made this comment that, you know, if he ran into ran into us in the, in the street or just by random, well, we know where that, that shell was with that, with that nut. We know where it was. And I absolutely know where that is. But I was also thinking of the things that I have, an item that I have um, that I got from my grandmother. It's a dime, and it is extremely, it's an old dime. It's like 19... 16, I think, is the, the year on it. it does, it's not like a modern-day dime. The face on, that's on it is kind of rubbed off, um, and it even feels a little thinner than, than what it once was. But I always think about, and I have that dime, um, in some way it connects me to my family. My family and I aren't very close, right? Um, but my I don't think that my journey would have been the same had my relationship with my family been any, any different. Even though we're not extremely close, um, there's without a doubt been a part of the journey that I've been on, be it leaving home, be it going to art school, undergrad, graduate school, being living in different cities. Like I always have that connection, and I think that that's one of those things that connects me to my family that inspires me to continue to, to, I don't know, be ever growing in, in some way. Even when things are really challenging to kind of stay the course and always want um, more and always inspire to do more. Even when, um, even I myself feel broken and that I can't do anymore or that I'm too tired, um, because I think about what the alternative is. I think about why I have this dime that I just happened to get from my grandmother and why I feel like it connects me to, to my family. So I don't know. I think everyone's journey is is, is really different. I don't know. It, it might be safe to say. I don't know if we um, all have mementos or items like that that we that are extremely endearing or that we hold close um, or that some of us may not even think about having those things. Be it because we don't think about that, because we have so many other things on our plate. Yeah, that can definitely um that can definitely be a part of it. Um sometimes yeah. when um sometimes when I'm um talking about this with people, um someone might say, Well, you know, uh I don't I don't really have a particular item or um and everybody interprets it in different ways. So some some might even say, Well, I'm not very materialistic, so I don't, you know, carry 
a particular item. Um, but uh, one, one of the things that uh, I keep in mind with it is, or one, one of the underlying um, messages um, that I get with this is that everyone has um, um, something, or at least an acknowledgement, some, something, okay. some, some, some uh, person, some value, some something that is, that is important to them. Um, and so some people say, you know, I don't really have that, but I, you know, I have a memory or, um, uh, you know, a, uh, uh, an experience, you know, that I'd had at one particular time, but it's just an acknowledgement that, you know, as you said, everybody's journey is different. Uh, and there's, there's, there's room enough, uh, at the table for everyone. I feel, um, the, awesome? yeah, yeah. There's, it is. It's, it's room enough for everybody. Um, one of the things I just say is like, okay, so now it's just on us to to try to uh, figure out what our best way, um, or how our best way to show up uh, would look like. What that would look like for us. But yeah, it's it's, it's yeah, it's, it's a place for everybody here. That's, yeah. Like, you know what? I'm going to. Um, I haven't done it in a really long time. Um, I think that would be great to introduce to uh, my students. And, and if um, you know, and if if there's if it's not something that they may have on them, maybe something that they can think of, it or and it doesn't it doesn't have to be limited to an object. It can be a, a person. It could be a memory. It could be, but but what comes out of this, um, or at least in in my experience, um, it's been a way to um, get get pretty close to people if they're if they're willing to go there, or at least. Um, provide an opportunity for people to take risks and to share a little bit about themselves. Um, you know, all types of things come up. You you can you can sometimes learn about um, things that were really you know exciting for folks, things that are really painful. Um, yeah. But giving folks a chance to put that out there and um, and be supported. Um, yeah, or even to think on it. And even to think, think on it. Yourself. Yeah, think on it. Yeah, even to think on it. Okay. Well, thank you, thank you for for sharing that with me. I'm I'm I'm, I'm wondering if I'm going to make that a regular thing or not. I'm kind of going back and forth with it. I like but, it. Yeah, to see what to see what um, what folks are thinking. Um, yeah. So so my 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 fun. That could be your podcast trademark. Yeah, yeah. You know, it could be. It could be. It could be. There was there was this one there was this one time when. Uh, uh, I was I was working with some students. It was a communication exercise where they had to, you know, one person knew what an object was, and the other person had to guess what it was. Asking for the first time, for the first go round, asking um, closed ended questions versus asking open ended questions. And I was so, you know, I was so excited. It's like, look what I came up with because I really thought about this maybe ten or fifteen minutes before going in there. Um, and they said, oh, it sounds like 20 questions. Cause I was explaining it to them and I was like, oh, look what I, I was just so proud of myself. And they said, oh, it's 20 questions. So I'm like, I said, really, y'all could have kept that. Y'all could have kept that. But, um, but, uh, so, so yeah, yeah, I, I may continue to do this. I'm sure others have already, you know, done that, but I, I think it's a, it's a good thing to do just to, to get to know a little bit more about people's stories and what, what's important. Um, so, so the last question then would just be, um, I sometimes get messages from uh, folks wanting to know um, if, if there was any advice for people who are considering social work, choosing social work, or going into social work. 
Um, do you have any um, advice for people who might be considering it as a as an area of a study or going into it for a career? Uh, I, you know, I, I think it, it, for me it goes back to um, where you want to be. Um, I think to be in this field, you have to love the work because you certainly, you know, you don't walk away a millionaire or, or well, maybe not a millionaire. Uh, but you certainly wouldn't, don't necessarily do this work for um, the money. Um, so I think maybe folks would want to ask themselves that question. Uh, for me, if someone feels, has a sense that this work is what they can absolutely, without a doubt, without question, be passionate about, be passionate about it, unwavering, then absolutely go for it. All right, all right. You know, if, if there's something else that's calling you or you have doubts or what have you, um, I think connecting with other social workers and uh, connecting with professors, visiting schools, um, those types of things, I think that that's really important. But if um, it's something that you passionately are um, want to pursue, I think, yeah, go, go for it. That's what I'll say. Okay, okay. Anyone who was interested in um, pursuing social work as a career or considering it as a career, considering studying it. Um, now, here's where I may sometimes sound like a broken record, but I think it's true. Um, I just I just would advise um, folks to really make a commitment. A, a lifelong commitment to doing personal work on themselves, always figuring oh, out, amazing. trying to search and to, 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 to put themselves in situations that, um, that bring things to the surface that they often take for granted. Um, recognize, um, that you are privileged in some ways, even though you might be, um, oppressed and discriminated against in other ways. Um, and just realize everything is an ingredient. Our identities matter. Every every part of your identity um, is 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 in into a situation. I tell people that um, you know people bring everything they have to a given situation. All your experiences that you've had up until the, up until that point, up until that minute, will still impact and influence um, how the interaction is going to go or how the decisions that people are going to make. So. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, we used to talk about that all the time. Like those, you you are that person that steps across that threshold when you are um, sitting in a classroom studying about social work mm-hmm. and everything that goes with it. You are that same person um, who you were before you, you decided to step into to this arena. That's right. That's right. And and given that, um, even when you step into this arena, it's, you're not you're not stepping through some barrier that the same stuff that's happening on the outside doesn't happen, you know, in the room. Um, so, so, so those would be some of my thoughts. Um, really just having a commitment to personal work. That's the, that's the biggest lesson, um, that I internalized as a student and that I carry, um, carry with me now. Mm-hmm. And I, I think I'd like to add one more thing to that if I could. I, I think it's also important to ask, um, once of the question, what, what your intentions are, what your goals are mm. in being a social worker. Like, what is your intention? 
I think a lot of times individuals may fall into this work because they want to um, <laughs> do good or to save individuals or some for some individuals sometimes I think that um, finding themselves in, in, in doing this work also comes out of a certain level of guilt and that they want to give back in a way. And, I, and maybe that lines up with what you were saying about, like, your identities, all of the you know, identities, parts of your identity matters. We can even throw that word in there, intersectionality, um, mm-hmm. of who you are, what those things matter. But I think the intention, what your t- intentions are, is really, really important as well. Yeah, that's a really good point. Yeah, examining your intentions because uh, sometimes those intentions might not line up with what uh, with what people actually need. Um, I talk all the time about how um, you know there there are these movies uh, that have people who aren't a part of particular communities going in, um, and then at like the end of the the ninety minutes or whatever time, they're like the leader of the whole thing, and it's like and and, and I think that's a I mean I. I, I think that's an that's an element that definitely exists um in some spaces within social work. This this savior thing, this I'm gonna swoop down, I'm gonna change your life all by myself, you know. And and, and, and really closely connected to that is it can be kind of a feeling that I know what's best for you. Um which can also be pretty problematic. So checking that I think are also things that that would be important for people who would consider going into social work. Real. Yeah. All right. We've talked. Any any closing thoughts? I don't. I think this is. I'm really excited about this, but, uh, and more of these to come with different individuals. Um, I think that this is a great way uh, to connect individuals within the social work community and to learn about different experiences that um, social workers are having in their work environment. I think even outside of the work environment, I talk about self care a lot. Uh, I don't think that we focus on that enough. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm excited for you, and I'm I'm excited to see this project grow. So Yeah, thank you, thank you, thank you. And this is as a as a reminder, this is the um, the very first uh, NAH podcast, um, and and I just I'm just really so so thankful and grateful. That uh, that that Lottie would uh, is here yeah. is here to be a part of that um, connected to the to the history. Um, really appreciate you coming and 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 sharing your experiences and your thoughts. And um, yeah, I I too I too look forward to to, to what's going to happen here. And I'm hoping um, we'll we'll talk, but I'm I'm hoping that you'll be able to come back too at different points in time, um, and we can share yeah. more. I'm hoping this thing will grow. Um, yeah. And uh, that you'll be able to come there's, back. There's no hope in there, There's no hope in my life. It's on it. It will. Funky Productions, make it happen. Make it happen. Yeah, make it happen. I mean, this thing has been, it's been, it's been a long time coming. I was like, you know, reading a lot of stuff and it's like waiting for this, this uh, seemingly whatever perfect moment would look like, you know, after I've learned this much or that much. But, um, you know, I just decided, no, I'm just going to, I'm just going to do it. Technology's to a point now. Um, that uh, it's really empowering people to be able to tell their their stories and um, get messages out there that aren't often talked about. Um, and so, I'm um, hoping people will will learn and grow. You know, as this thing goes on along with me for sure. 
Um, I'm just using the cell phone right now. We're just talking. I'm using this recorder, so we'll see how it comes out. No special music at this point. No bells and whistles, but um, the message. But the but the message is 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 what will uh, what will come through, and what's coming through our what's coming through tonight, and what'll what'll continue to come through. So, so thank you, thank you very much. Really appreciate it.